0: Hello and welcome to In Defense of a Movie Podcast. On today's episode, we are tackling Alien 3 from
1: 1992. Whee! Sorry, that was my excitement.
0: (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes score of 43%, audience score of 47%. Aaron. Yep, yep, yes? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, Alien to the Third Power Yes, not
1: one, not two, not four, not Prometheus, (laughs) not not the second Prometheus movie. (laughs) I don't know what it was called. Covenant. But Aliens 3.
0: Yeah. So, this movie was directed by David Fincher, Um, Mm -hmm. the same director of Seven, Zodiac, Fight Club, Gone Girl. This is actually his first movie, his directorial debut. Oh, really? Yeah, and it yeah, was Yeah,
1: not not to be confused with David Felcher. <laughs>
0: and this was almost almost his one and only film. We'll get into that. Um Yes. So to be specific, today, Aaron, you and I um mm-hmm. we watched the assembly cut, it's called. Um mm-hmm which is a little bit longer. It's about two and a half hours long. Um, I'm very familiar with both the assembly cut and the theatrical cut, but I wanted to make sure I was fresh on the assembly cut because I do believe it's superior for a lot of reasons that we'll get Mm -hmm.
1: into.
0: Um, Yeah. I think we should say from the outset, Aaron, is our goal on this episode is to not make anybody like love this film. Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of those films where you either hate it or you can like acknowledge... The good things about it. Does that make sense? I don't know if I know anyone yeah. that actually loves this film.
1: Yeah. Well, there's kind of two schools of thought here where it's like, it's good for it being a movie, but then when you put it in the aliens universe, that's when it gets a little bit bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. Roger uh, Roger Ebert, famous critic, uh, said this of it. He said, it's the least exciting, but in some ways the most interesting movie in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And he also said the best looking bad movie I've seen in a while. No, oh, yeah. but I, I think I think to start off this discussion, we have to go mm-hmm. back in time, Aaron. We have to go back. okay. this is an interesting uh franchise because basically the first movie was a horror movie. The second movie was an action movie. The yep. third movie's basically a drama. And Mm -hmm. the fourth one is basically a comedy. (laughs) Um, Whoa, tread lightly there. The fourth one is (laughs) my, like, personal
1: favorite.
0: (laughs) So, An Alien comes out in 1979. Uh, And then Aliens, the James Cameron one, the one that we'll probably spend the most time talking about in terms of the following, because that's where, like, the expectation is. It it came out in... uh, in 1986, um, Aliens was made for a budget of only $18 million, which is unbelievable. Um, oh, that is. Especially since the box office was $183 million, $183.3 million, somewhere in there. Um, Aaron, Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver was nominated for an Academy Award for her portrayal of Ripley in Aliens. Like the first one? Uh, the second one, the James Cameron one. Second one, okay, yeah. Aliens was an absolute blockbuster. It's still, to this day, one of my favorite films of all time. It was an absolute nightmare to make. James Cameron is a notoriously tough director to work with, but he's kind of a perfectionist, mm-hmm. but uh, for all the right reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Aliens ends with uh, Ripley and Newt and Hicks and Bishop all hunkering down for a nice long sleep nap. Um, it's a yeah. very hopeful ending, and then we got this.
1: This is rumour control, here are the facts. As some of you know, a 337 model EEV crash-landed here at 0600 on the morning watch. There was one survivor, two dead, and a droid that was hopelessly smashed
2: beyond repair. The survivor is a woman.
1: Uh, I just want to say that I've taken a vow of celibacy so It also includes women. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I want to try my best to not spend the entire episode talking about, like, mm. the history of the production of Alien 3. Because, like, there's so much there. It is such a rabbit hole. Like, I'm sure, like, we'll touch on a lot of it. But the thing is, when we're trying to defend the the good things about this film... It's, it's hard to defend a movie just because it exists. Like to say, yeah, mm-hmm. this movie traveled through like 10 miles of garbage to get to where it is. So we should enjoy what we got. Like I want to actually try to focus on like the good things happening in this film. Mm-hmm. But I think in order to do that, I want to talk a little bit about like expectation levels. Okay. Um, After watching Aliens for the first time, there were so many different ideas as to where the third movie should go. And what's crazy is 20th Century Fox actually set a release date before they even had a script, Aaron. Oh, okay. 13 million dollars was spent on more than 10 writers and pay-and-play deals before even a single frame of this movie was shot. Oh wow. So, Aaron, I know I know I'm kind of taking it by like blindsiding you with this question, but like if you were going to do an Alien 3,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where do you think you would have taken the story?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I think that I would kind of, kind of stay true to that horror style um, mm-hmm. that they did in the first two movies because the first two movies the aliens were terrifying. Like, yeah. I had legitimate anxiety whenever they're like running away and trying to hide from the alien, and. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think I would I would at least I would stay true to the horror format. I think in movies there's always this stigma where it's like we don't want to do the same thing over again, you know. And so they kind of did like a horror horror style aliens movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know maybe they were afraid of of carrying that into this movie.
0: Yeah. Before there was even a script in place, there was like a teaser trailer Mm -hmm. and the teaser trailer suggested that the movie was taking place on Earth. There was the tagline on it was on Earth, everybody can hear you scream. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people took that to mean, oh, my goodness, are the aliens coming to Earth? In 1979,
1: we discovered in space, no one can hear you scream. In
2: 1992, we would discover on Earth, everyone can hear you scream.
0: So that was a fucking lie. I remember, like, some of that backlash and the way my dad used to talk about it when I was young, you know? Mm -hmm. The thing that's so strange about Alien 3 is it kills off virtually. The entire cast of the <laughs> the entire surviving cast of the second one in yeah. the opening credits. Yeah. Aaron, from from all the digging I've done, from all the documentaries and stuff I've watched on this film, the thing that stands out to me is that like a character shakeup for the third film was inevitable. Like every mm-hmm. variation of this the plot as it went along and traded hands and traded writers and directors, there was no way that the Fab Four, or whatever, were going to stay together. Um, One of the most famous iterations was a screenplay by William Gibson, the author of uh, Necromancer. Mm -hmm. Um, William Gibson dealt with Newt by essentially having her get shipped back off to Earth to be with her grandparents, and because okay. nobody was sure if Sigourney Weaver actually wanted to do a third movie, they basically sidelined Ripley altogether and kept her in cryosleep for the or kept her in the coma for like mm-hmm. the entire film. She has like two lines in the entire film. Yeah, they they almost took the Han Solo approach, like where they froze her in carbonite because they didn't know if she would come back
1: or not in the third one. Oh you know yeah, I mean? okay, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so there was there's a lot going on here. It's interesting, Aaron. Um, have you have you read the the William Gibson or listened to the audiobook or anything like that? No, I had I didn't get a chance to. It's definitely on my list of things to check out. What really stood out to me was that like. Um, Alien 3 is so divisive and so hated that even like even the director of the movie won't even defend mm-hmm. it, right? So Oh we really? Oh yeah, like David Fincher hates this movie and has publicly disowned it on multiple occasions. He wouldn't even contribute to the the commentary or the special features or <laughs> Oh wow. He, yeah, he refused to do a director's cut because he said that in order to do so, he would have to like burn the print, the negative and start <laughs> over. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the studio interference was so bad and since like, in retrospect, looking back on all of this, and we'll touch more on it, but like looking back on all of it, there have been all these different iterations that have come out of the woodworks. um a few years back, if you remember, Neil Bloomkamp was even the guy who did district nine. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pitching a quote unquote, true sequel to
1: aliens. Um, uh, and I wish he, he got to make his.
0: yeah, he was releasing all this concept art. And uh, it got people really excited, and then it got squashed because Ridley Scott decided he wanted to do Prometheus instead, and that took priority. hmm And then William Gibson's unproduced screenplay becomes this audio drama, and honestly, Aaron, from listening to his audio drama, which I had really high expectations for, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cold, pretty lame, yeah, um, to be it, honest with you. How yeah, would it
1: compare is- to
0: Aliens 3? So here's the thing. Um William Gibson is really amazing like he's amazing at world building, describing mm-hmm. tech and systems and um politics and corporations, like technospeak, he's he's unparalleled at that, really. Yeah. Um but when it comes to like human drama, like human stories, like like the humanity, like the character building and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I I find his writing to be pretty cold on that front. So you get this interesting Cold War-style story. It was basically like Cold War, arms race in space, in a space station. Mm. Okay. But you don't care about anybody. hmm And there's no character building on Hicks. There's no character building, obviously, on Newt, because they rush her off to Earth to get her out of the script. Yeah no character building on Ripley because she's in stasis and of course Bishop doesn't get any character building because he's an android and all of the new characters are basically like cardboard cutouts it just it's its interesting that there was so much hype on it because when I finally listened to it I actually like what we got out of Alien 3 more Mm-hmm.
2: Corporal Hicks, sir The salute isn't really necessary At ease, Corporal This isn't a military station what is it you need? I haven't been debriefed. I'm aware of that. My request for comlink to New Brisbane... I have been denied, per my orders. I left my squad out there, all of them. That makes me mission CO. Reg say I report back to New Brisbane. New Brisbane Command cedes mission authority to Whalen Utani Weapons Division. Weapons Division? I don't like it myself, Corporal Hicks, but orders...
0: Our orders. My name is Wells, Corporal, Weapons Division. I'll be debriefing you now. You're cleared for Comlink with New Brisbane, provided you don't refer to mission specifics. They'll confirm my authority.
2: Yeah, I
0: bet they will. If you don't mind, Mister Rosetti. Not at all. Now, there's one more point to mention before we dive into Alien Three to kind of set the stage as to why it is the way mm-hmm. it is, um, and that's actually Sigourney Weaver herself. Yeah. Now. Sigourney Weaver was an Oscar-nominated actress and didn't really have a lot of interest in doing a third one. In fact, to the point where she actually laid out three points, three terms and conditions that, unless followed, she wouldn't even do another one. Yeah. Um, The first one was that there would be no guns because she's a firearm, anti-firearms advocate, which I actually didn't oh, know. Oh, weird. So she didn't want any guns in the third one, which is like, okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah. The second point was that she wanted her character Ripley to have sex with a xenomorph, Um, which she got her wish more or less in Alien Resurrection.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and the third point was that she wanted Ripley to die. Um, And I think, honestly, I mean, it sounds on paper like really kind of like weird, but I think this was her way of saying, I don't want to do another one. And in order to convince me to do another one it's going to have, you know, you're going to have to jump through all these weird hoops. Like, it almost sounded like she was daring them to try to do this for her.
1: So, what you're just telling me is that Sigourney Weaver ruined the Aliens 3. I don't know about ruined, but I think that the Oscar, like, the Oscar Mm cloud. So, why would she make all these demands and then do Alien Resurrection? This is what's so confusing
0: to me because, like Sigourney, like had to approve the script as it went along as well with Alien Three. Yeah, like she was very adamant that all the screenplays up until the point of it going into production, um, mm-hmm. were were they didn't do a good job of describing or of writing uh, Ripley. She often yeah. said that they wrote her really aggressively and swearing and this and that where but she always described the character as more aloof, whatever she means by that, which is interesting because she doesn't play really aloof. Like she does play like really tough and stuff like in charge. Yeah. I almost got the sense that like Sigourney Weaver maybe didn't even understand like what people like. It's almost like she saw Ripley differently than audiences Mm, saw Ripley. Yeah. So yeah, this thing goes into production. They started production without a script. Um, there was one point in time where production was even shut down for three months because David Fincher walked off the movie. He he quit. <laughs> oh, really? Um,
1: there was a, th- a three-month period where we were, in effect, shut down. We kept working on the creature stuff, but we were kind of you know working away on dead bodies and things, not the actual creature. We spent
0: most of the summer working on the dead bodies of, of Hicks and Newt and Bishop that they find in the wreckage. As well as starting design work on the alien, because at that point everything else in the script was subject to being thrown out. We didn't know where all that stuff was going to go, so we had a crew of, uh, uh, of Americans. We had uh, a lot of our English crew was assembled, and we were just going into into you know great detail on these bodies, trying to continue to have work to keep people busy with for a number you know number of months before the script was finally revised to the point and we could start trying to catch up for the rest of production because the shoot was going to be happening in... uh, I think it started in November. You had an effects department that were working on, like, dead bodies and stuff, and they didn't even have a script. They were literally just building assets without knowing Hmm. how they were going to get used. They're like... and, And apparently, Aaron, the original cut of this movie was three hours long and was so gory, like, super gory, like to the point where people were disgusted um, that, and it, it was a total nightmare like apparently Newt's cadaver like the, the, the autopsy scene was like showing everything and it, I it almost was, like, would
1: have preferred that
0: apparently it was
1: super gross man super super gross that sounds like an aliens movie to me I saw the um, rough cut of the film un- uncut and the uh, there were some scenes in there that were pretty gross. There was an autopsy scene on the girl that I, th- and I, I like certain gore in films. I do it, and it made me sick. It really grossed me out. And I remember that people got up and left, walked out of the theater at the time, and I was just saying, this will never be in the film. They can't show this stuff. It, it was just too much, I thought. And when the film came out, it wasn't in the film.
0: Now, we're talking about the assembly cut. Um, They don't want to call it the director's cut because there is no director's (laughs) cut. So they're calling it the assembly (laughs) cut. Yeah, in the assembly cut, they shoehorned in everything from different audio, which is hit and miss. Different shots. Uh, The alien comes out of an ox instead of a dog, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you tell us what Alien 3 is about? And then we'll try to unpack it here. It's about
1: women fighting the man. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go super general. Uh, do we need to recap the first one or the second one?
0: Yeah, let's recap the second one because okay. um, these movies take place within, like, days of each other, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, I guess in the second one, what is it, after 70 years in, like, cryo-sleep, like, Floating around in space, they find uh, Ripley, mm-hmm. and then uh, they bring her onto the ship. And the what is that company called? Is it is it Wayland? Wayland, yutani Wayland. Okay, yeah, Wayland Company. They they uh, find her and they want to go back to the planet where the they first encountered the aliens in the first movie. And she Ripley is like originally against it, and then she has doesn't she have like some demands? Of why she would go to the planet? Yeah,
0: so she's, like, Ripley's character in Aliens is struggling with, like, the the, tra- yeah. the trauma of the first one. She's having all these nightmares. Yeah, come on, that's a second chance, kiddo. And I
2: think, personally, for you, it would be the best thing in the world to get out there and face this thing. Get back on the horse.
0: Spare me, Burke, I've had my psych evaluation this month.
2: Yeah, I know. I've read it. You wake up every night, your sheets are soaking with sweat. I said
0: no, and I mean it. Now please leave. I am not going back, and I am I would not be any good to you if I did. Okay. And she thinks that if she goes in there to exterminate it, <laughs> that she'll get the closure she needs.
1: Yeah. And so she, joined, she joins the company along with a, a bunch of soldiers, and they're going into that planet where they first went in the first movie and, uh, to, to exterminate the aliens. But what she doesn't know is, again, the, uh, the Whalen Corporation, they want to capture the alien and keep it and like, use it to further their research. Mm-hmm. Um so she gets she they land on the island uh, or the planet sorry and they're with all the military people and stuff and obviously they engage the alien they start fighting it and they slowly all get picked off one by one except for um Ripley Bishop Newt, who they find, is a little girl that they find in the, uh, in the like colonist uh, building. Yeah. Like where they lived. And then Corporal Hicks, which is one of the, obviously one of the uh, army guys that was sent there to help them take down the alien Mm -hmm. and yeah and so the last the last scene is they kind of fly off the planet and they all go into cryo sleep but i guess there is an alien on board or something how does it work i can't remember that part there's
0: there's inexplicably an alien like egg on board yeah and they never Mm -hmm. there's so many theories but no one ever explains how the egg got there
1: yeah, so I the way that I always rationalized it in my head was that because they're shown fighting the queen at the very end, right? Right. And so it seems as if to me that the queen knew that like she might not make it and so somehow – Laid the other queen egg, or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was always pretty okay with that part, where I thought, you know what? Yeah, the, the queen sees her eggs getting obliterated. She probably like, she has like how many arms? Yeah, it's very plausible that she scooped a couple up and just brought them with her. But yeah,
1: it's so- something like something that. Anyways, like that.
0: it's. But I mean, some people have gone so far as to say that, like the where the egg was wasn't even in a. Di- it was in a different area of the ship from where the alien could have even had <laughs> access to. But like. You know, like the movie exists now, so we have to somehow rationalize this fact, right? Mm -hmm. I've even
1: heard people say that
0: Bishop secretly brought them in.
1: Yeah. But I don't buy that either. And, uh, okay, and so where Aliens 3 comes in right now is after they were all in cryo sleep on the ship. uh, I guess the ship crash lands on this uh, planet where all this this like colony of just men live mm-hmm. um it used to be a like prison planet but then i guess the prison got closed down and there was this group of 20 some men who basically had nowhere to go nothing to do so they just stayed on the planet as like a skeleton crew to run the like f- foundry for making lead sheets or something like that
0: yeah
1: here In a world where the sun
2: burns cold and the wind blows colder, a visitor has come, but not by herself. It started.
1: The suspense is back. And we have no weapons of any kind?
2: The fear is back. No!
1: Don't look back, dudes! Run as fast as
2: you can! And most of all, the bitch is back. Ah!
1: Alien 3. Yeah. And so she crash lands on that planet. They like find her, they bring her in, they like nurse her back to health. But then we now got a whole another set of problems because she's the only woman on a planet like or in an area with just a bunch of dudes. Right. Mm hmm bunch of uh horny (laughs) convicts yeah i don't know who either want to rape her uh, or kill her both wear her skin and and her hair i don't know uh (laughs) yeah just like a real like if you're if you're a woman it's probably the last planet that you would want to land on yeah Um, but if you're Ripley and you just did, you encountered a bunch of aliens, it's probably, and you've been floating around in space for like, it's gotta be something like 70, 80 years or something. She's just been in space. Um, so landing on a planet full of men is not such a bad thing is what I'm trying to say. If you're Ripley.
0: Yeah. But it does give rise to one of the best lines of the entire franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you don't want to know me lady.
1: I'm a murderer and rapist of women. Really? Well, I guess I must make you nervous.
0: It's such a power chip line, and I love it. And then she just sits down right at the table.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I think that this movie, like even given the fact of the setting and and the company that she's around... They were trying to really go for, like, showcasing how strong uh, Ripley is as a character, as, like, a female lead. Yeah. And that she can, like, cut it in um, in this planet that's full of these, like, rough men and potential rapists and stuff. And she's still, like, able to hold her own. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she lands in there. Um, Obviously, she starts figuring out things like – she starts getting paranoid that the alien is on the planet. Um, She starts to, like, investigate how the – the ship crash she finds Bishop in the trash and like like starts him up again. he confirms it um, and then she kind of gets everyone to rally around her and come up with a plan in how to fight the alien uh meanwhile, there's also what there's like actual uh like Wayland employees that are on the on the planet as well like they're they are there to like. Um, like one of them is a medical officer. The other one is like, I don't know, like a security office officer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the warden. And so these guys work for the, for the Wayland company and, um, they are also receiving transmissions again from them that are like, Oh, like we keep Ripley alive. We want to have her. And, um, like, keep whatever, like, specimens alive that you can, right? Yeah. So, again, we get the whole, whole, uh, Wayland company is interfering in her safety. Ripley, think of all we can learn from it. It's the chance of a lifetime.
2: You must let me have it. It's a magnificent specimen.
1: Yeah, so they kinda they kinda like hatch a plan. You know, the plan doesn't always go accordingly, and uh they improvise and they eventually kill the alien. Um and then she kills herself because she's pregnant with uh with an alien as well, right?
0: You're right, yeah. And yeah. just a segue really quick, the the way she kills the alien is by jumping into the uh the smelt. Is that
1: what it's called? Mm-hmm. So, well, she kills herself that way.
0: Yeah. Um, in the
1: theat- they pour hot lead on the alien.
0: Yeah, they pour hot lead on the alien. Uh, but then instead of jumping into the hot lead because they thought that'd be too much, like Terminator Two, they actually steer mm. her over to the the I guess the the furnace smelter or whatever it is. Um, yeah. In the theatrical cut, the alien bursts out of her while she's falling. Oh, okay. Um, that was another studio interference thing. Um, but in the mm. assembly cut. She just goes in and we don't see the actual alien bursting, which I like better because it leaves it ambiguous uh, whether or not she could have survived uh, the operation or not. Because, yeah, Utani, um, yutani when, when uh, the bishop there shows up, says that they can take it out of her and that she'll survive it and everything like that. So mm-hmm. the ambiguity that Ripley would still sacrifice herself to just eliminate any possibility of it surviving... Um, yeah, it's so much better in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And also, you can't trust like after everything that she's been through. This is the third time now. She cannot trust the like Wayland company at all. Yeah,
0: and it was weird. It's it too like there. There was some ambiguity over in the theatrical cut over whether or not that bishop was actually a human or a robot. Um mm-hmm. so in the assembly cut he act there's this weird like ADR line where he the audio is all messed up and he says like I'm not an android uh and he has they they actually put in VFX like red blood on him and stuff um mm. but his ear is still hanging off his head like you know what i mean like it's like i I feel like they they made him a human just out of like pushback even though the theatrical mm. cut was very much he was an android
1: mm so, I think they should have just left it ambiguous, like whether he is or he isn't.
0: I agree, because it like I love the ambiguity of that final confrontation. It's probably the strongest yeah. scene
1: in the whole film.
0: Yeah. Um, and it really boils down the essence of Ripley's struggle. Um mm-hmm. what always what always jumps out at me about this film is Ripley's journey. Mm-hmm. Ripley's whole motivation in the second movie is wanting closure. Mm-hmm. like her true alien stories in the first movie then in the second mm-hmm. one she literally just wants closure she wants to eliminate this thing so that she can get on with her life like it's it's taken everything from her, her daughter has grown old um, you know like her life's in shambles because of this creature so yeah, she goes in with the colonial marines to wipe them out she wouldn't go unless they were wiping them out remember when she asked Burke she's like you're going in to kill it right not to mm-hmm.
1: ripley Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study. Not to bring back. But to wipe them out. That's the plan. You have my word on it. All right, I'm in. (laughs) I think.
0: And that was her, like, uh, her terms and conditions. Yeah. So in this movie... When she crash lands and realizes that the nightmare is not over, the entire Mm -hmm. film is her trying to get closure again. And that's why I think, like, her sacrifice, it always feels so powerful to me because it feels like the closing of the loop where she realizes the only way she can get closure from this thing is to literally, like, Mm -hmm. take it out with herself.
1: Yeah, it's a very, very poetic uh, ending. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think so like it it as much as it feels like alien uh Ripley's story is over at the end of aliens um she's still in space right like th- that's the whole thing like it almost feels like so long as Ripley's in space that her story wasn't over you know what I mean mm-hmm and then in alien resurrection they closed that loop by having them come back to earth, which felt like you know the the ribbon on the quadrilogy Mm -hmm. if you will
1: yeah i also thought that in the second movie um whenever she finds newt she gets her like second chance at having a daughter as well
0: yeah like it it seems like she wants this she wants that life but it like keeps getting robbed from her you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah she gets like absolutely rocked from the first movie even in resurrection Two. She starts up a relationship with Clemens in Alien Three,
0: and as soon as he, yeah, as soon as he finally opens up and in and, and gets honest with her about his backstory, which isn't nearly as bad as the warden made it sound, by the way. No, no, <laughs> he's definitely like not, you know, like obviously he caused some people to die, but it's not like he committed, you know, it's not like he wore someone's face as a mask like some of these he, other dudes he, in the colony did.
1: He's not a rapist of women. <laughs> oh. No.
0: So he finally yeah. he finally gets honest and like what in a, in a really good character scene. Um mm-hmm. and then yeah, gets murked right in front of Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this, you know what? I've always considered the third one is almost like a Greek tragedy. It's like the Shakespearean mm, chapter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like even the way that everyone talks and all their problems and everything and uh, how they even go through just their own internal struggles that they're having in the uh, prison themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Every actor, man, I got to defend the acting of this film because Every actor, like, is just giving such great performances. Mm -hmm. The inmates are fairly interchangeable. I honestly, like, don't, like, you don't really get attached to any of them per se because they're all just, like, bald heads and they all look the same or whatever, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, like, this world feels so established and gritty and lived in. Like, it it Mm -hmm. has this distinct personality where... You know, every time you're flipping through your cable TV and Alien 3 comes on, you know within a millisecond that that's back where you are. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, half
1: the foundry set's made of cardboard and whatever else. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that's probably one of my biggest uh, bones to pick with this movie is that it didn't... There was not very much space that had to do with this movie. Like, um, I think the most space, like, outer space was that the ship kind of crash landed and that there is another ship with uh like uh like the security team and on bishop and stuff that was coming there. But other than that, there was almost no reference to space whatsoever. Right. And their whole reasoning mm-hmm. for
0: like even staying inside during all of this nonsense is because it's like 40 below outside. And as a Canadian, I was like, dude, you're either facing off against
1: an alien or going outside in 40 Below. That's a pretty (laughs) obvious
0: choice to me. I
1: don't know. 40 Below is like manageable. If you like, obviously, if you're dressed for it. But I'd rather take my, like you said, I'd rather take my chances with minus forty than an alien.
0: I would just cut open one of those oxen and sleep in it, like a <laughs> like a tauntaun, yeah. like in Empire Strikes Back.
1: <laughs> yeah, just have a have a herd of ox and you cut one open as you need to sleep at night. Oh,
0: yeah, and or you know they could have all gotten a boat and just like sailed at sea while this thing took place. You know, just like I just the, uh, there, there's a couple things in this film that are like. That are just so hard for me to wrap my head around for sure. Um, the like you mentioned, like the alien is like the almost like a cliff note in this movie, it's like the least interesting, least compelling part.
1: The special effects of the alien are
0: just garbage, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Like, and this film, and it's
1: always just like random where they're just running and you kind of catch them out of your corner of the eye, kind of thing, like they're gone in a blink. It's just really bad. They show
0: way too much of the alien, like the overhead establishing shot where they show it skitter off. Oh, (laughs) I was like, okay, this is this is a cartoon like that's so bad. And these, these were Academy Award nominated special effects at the time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, like you were saying, I'm sure that a lot of this uh, had to come into play of what they were doing before they even had a script and stuff, right? So who knows? They might have made these things and they were like, oh, well, like, let's just insert it here now. Yeah. And so the, the aliens scenes might have been made way before they even had the script. Like, who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, every every making of documentary of this film, and I think even uh, the Blu-ray of the, of the assembly cut starts <laughs> with, they all start with an apology. Like, it's literally like the filmmakers are like, well, we did the best we could, and here's all the studio interference, and this, that, you know, they run through the whole saga, and it's just like, look, guys. It was just set up wrong to begin with. It was a very sort of bad period
2: for us, all this film, because we're fighting the losing battle all the time. People get more conservative. The costs get greater. The studio gets scared that they're not going to make as much money. And you better do every little beat that was in the first two because they know they work. But, of course, the audience is ahead of you if you do that.
0: This whole mess seems like it comes down to 20th Century Fox and the studio interference. Yeah. And just meddling and constant meddling. Like, they needed this box. Blockbuster, they needed this hit. They wanted Ripley back. They demanded Ripley back. You know, they, they, (laughs) every single permutation of this story was, you know, going in all these weird different directions. There was one that sounded super interesting, which was like this wooden planet where there were like monks and stuff. Um, Mm. And then the monk idea kind of got repurposed over here. They slowly became religious. You know, there was the Mm. William Gibson's took place on uh, this Anchor Point station. Um, where they were doing kind of secret experiments and the aliens became hybrids where humans literally turned into aliens instead of having them burst out of them. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, that was that part of it was intriguing to me. Spence, Holiday.
1: Spence found Tully. He's dead. Tully's dead. He started to,
0: like Wells, but he knew he dragged himself to a deep freeze, locked himself in. He killed it.
2: Shit, we need weapons.
0: There isn't any.
2: Where's the weapons locker? This
0: is a non military project. Oh, come on. We wanted to set an example. No guns? No. There's so much about this film that just seems cobbled together. And yet, in defense of David Fincher, he somehow still got a coherent story out of this mess. Yeah.
1: Until the rescue team arrives for Lieutenant Ripley. It's here you comments stop describing at once i'm telling it. you it's here and get that foolish
2: woman back to the infirmary
0: so at at the start of the third alien movie you have to deal with the problem of newt. um
1: <laughs> New- is, what is she, is she 11? I think she... Is she yeah, gotta be around there. You have... She's young, and she's a child anyways.
0: Yeah. Now, William Gibson shuffled her right out of the movie by sending her back to Earth, getting her right out of the story. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron, if you were doing a third Alien movie, would you keep her involved and have her, like, continue on with the group, or would you sideline her and get her just get her to safety like that?
1: Mm, depends. Um, depends on, like... There's there's t- kind of two schools of thought here. It's like I would obviously love to see a movie where she kind of grows up with uh, Ripley and Ripley is a mother figure in her life and then she becomes a total badass and starts like slaying aliens. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would be a really cool storyline. But if Nude is not going to be the future of the franchise, like kind of in that sense, then I would think that I would write her out of the story.
0: See, you know, there's an interesting thought having Newt as the center of the franchise. Mm-hmm. You could fast yeah. forward even like 20 years and have like Newt in the third one grown up and have her going back. out. Yeah. See, and and Ripley could have just been like, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, living life on Earth, like dealing, you know, having a normal life with Hicks or something. That well, could they could
1: cool. they could have gave her the hero's death, right? Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then Newt is forced to carry on.
0: Yeah, that's true. One thing I I read uh, in research of the film was that, uh, Aaron, you know in the opening credits you see like the facehugger over Newt's pod? Mm -hmm. But it's actually Ripley who ends up with the egg. Apparently what happens, and I don't know how much of this was actually shot and just edited, but the facehugger originally laid the egg in Newt, um, but Mm -hmm. when she started drowning, the actual like embryo crawled out of Newt out of her mouth mm-hmm. and like went over, spat acid and went over to Ripley's and then laid the egg in back into her, like crawled back into her mouth. Oh, what? Is that even possible? Well, that's the thing. It was brand new for the sake of the story. It was, um, apparently there's like a, uh, a comic version that actually shows this happen. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, like it, it definitely makes sense. It can work. The, the one that really breaks my heart is dealing with Hicks, because Michael Bean found out that he wasn't in the film basically through learning that they were making a cadaver of his body <laughs> without his permission.
2: Rafaela De Laurentiis, who I was doing this movie for, a little movie that I won't mention the name of, she had been over to the Pinewood Studios, and she said she saw my character, Hicks, made up of like a dummy character of me, laying on the ground with my chest... Opened up, as if the alien came out of me. I said, oh, that's interesting. So I called my agent, who's Ed Lamato, who's, like, way up there. And I said, Ed, what the fuck, man? I mean, it's one thing not to be in it. It's another thing for me to have had that alien come back in me and have it come out of my chest. With, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, no fucking way. Can they do this, can they? And he said, no, man. That's your likeness, and they can't, and so on and so forth. So he called them up, and he said, I don't know how far they got, but they were told that they, they couldn't do that and we would get, we would sue them. And so, first they started saying, well, can we pay Michael for this? Can we pay, we'll, we'll pay him a certain amount of money. I said, I do not, I don't care how much money you have. That was really stupid back then. I don't care how much money you have, that alien is not coming out of my chest, okay? And uh, so that was that. So then we got a call you know, a month or two later that they wanted to use my photograph I said, now you can pay me. <laughs> so they did. So I, I got paid almost as much for that photograph as I did for the first movie that I did. <laughs>
1: Wow. It seems like people just milk this movie for money, eh?
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, Michael Bean said that if he knew that David Fincher was going to become, quote unquote, David Fincher, he probably wouldn't have told him to go F himself the way he did when he found out what was happening with his character. Yeah. Like, he was really hurt. To this day, Michael Bean like, carries a huge grudge about not being involved in the third one. Oh, wow. Which probably explains why he led his voice to the audio drama of the William Gibson Alien 3 story. Yeah. Because that was very much centered around Hicks and Bishop and not Ripley at all. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely a grudge there, man. Mm-hmm. And since then, there's been all this fan fiction and all this stuff that's tried to undo this this bleak, depressing little film.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you know, uh, this is kind of an off-topic question, but mm-hmm. do you know how um, the Aliens and the Predator movies kind of came together?
0: Uh, I don't want to, I could, I don't know if I know the exact like timeline of it. I believe it started as a comic by Dark Horse. I believe that's where it started. Is someone came up with the idea through Dark Horse, they crossed the IP, got the license to do it. Yeah, that's where I think it started, but I could be wrong.
1: I was just curious because I didn't I didn't know myself, and um, when you said that the trailer, uh, tra- the original trailer was was stating that aliens were going to be on the Earth, then I was thinking when was the first time aliens have been on the Earth? And I think it's like AVP where aliens came to the Earth, mm-hmm. and then the Predator comes and kills them. And I can't remember how the aliens were on Earth at the, in those times. But anyways, completely uh, sidetracked here.
0: No, that's okay. No worries. Um, I wanted to talk about some some things we liked and didn't like about this film mm-hmm. I, I, there's obviously things we want to defend as as we go here, yeah. but there's obviously aaron it's impossible to not be a little cynical about this because there just is so much studio interference and it is so yeah yeah it's so dry in parts mm-hmm. Uh one thing that jumped out to me is there's so many up shots in this film <laughs> <laughs> i yeah, kept i wrong. kept thinking um This is going to be like a really deep cut joke that maybe uh, four or five people are going to get, but I felt like this film was shot by Noodles Macintosh from UHF.
1: Macintosh! At your service! I have no idea who that is. That's
0: okay. I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Aaron, what what are some things that stood out to you about this film?
1: So like I said earlier, this movie was... Like I said, if if this movie is not an aliens movie, I like it. If it, the fact that it's in the aliens universe is what makes me not like it. Mm. Um, And so, what I do like about it is um, how I said it's very artsy. Like the way that, like, what's his name? Basically, the poor man's Lawrence Fishburne here. So Dylan, like, I I really like his character. He's that kind of. wow, like what would you call him, like almost preachy kind of guy that kind of takes charge of this ragtag group of people and tries to get them to become good men. And so so that's like a really redeeming quality of a character, right? Right. And uh, obviously very dependable, very dependable to the end when he leads the alien into the like foundry to get smelted by hot lead. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and so like I I like his character I also like all these little side characters and and their little quirks and their bits and things that they add like they they really bring emotion into the movie if that makes sense that they've like had they've kind of had it wrong their whole entire lives Mm -hmm. and uh, you know and because they've had it wrong their whole entire lives they're forced to live on this planet where no one else um, accepts them and then here comes Ripley who is like uh, by all means, she should be terrified of all every single person that's in this prison right now. Yeah. But rather than being terrified of them, she is, she's like intrigued and won't back down and um, continues to get to know these people. And so she's kind of like the prisoners and the inmates like redemption, right? And uh, right. where they're on this planet right now and they belong nowhere else, but now they have this chance at redemption in order to help Ripley and kill this alien. So it's kind of cool to see the whole group come together uh, despite their flaws, despite their whatever their backstories are and they work together and they eventually do kill the alien. I mean, not to mention that they all get wrecked in the process. Yeah. But, but you know, like, if you're an inmate and you basically have no life and this is the alternative, like, why wouldn't you do that? This is your second chance at uh, redemption, right? And you're not going to get to go to Back to Earth and uh, try to, like – get like become a functioning member of society. Like it's just not going to happen like that. So in that way, it was kind of like poetic and beautiful because you see all these characters get like redemption. And even, even Ripley gets a little bit of redemption at the end too, because she gets to kill herself. And so, the theme in uh, in like the first two movies is that this whaling company is always kind of controlling them and controlling the shots behind the scene and stuff. And, um, and you know, there's an android that's in place that's, that's required to follow every order of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, there was no android and uh, it was like the humans kind of – Realizing what's right and not to listen to the company and stuff, and doing what's right in the end, and so she she got a little bit of redemption there and being able to take her own fate into her own hands and kill herself. So that that like with all that being said, that's that's kind of what I wanted to like defend about this movie. Mm -hmm. Where if you think about it in that sense, it makes a lot of it it works right, but. With that being said, you don't get the terrifying experience of an alien. You don't get like the terrifying experience of being in space where there's absolutely like no one out there and no one will hear you scream. And uh, you get these goofy shots of aliens that don't look like terrifying and you just want like you just want to see people get hunted by this alien and it like it it happens but it's not it's not like terrifying if that makes sense.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's not there's not an ounce of terror in this film.
1: Yeah. And okay, so this is going to sound kind of bad, but like one of the one of the themes in the in the first two movies that I think Ridley Scott even admitted to was like interstellar space rape, right? Yeah, that's ex- and, that's uh, the core of the story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when you have that in mind, like you think about one of the most terrifying things that can ever happen to any person is probably along like the lines of rape, right? And if when you are basing in a whole entire movie around that, you create this atmosphere that's like terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? And for some reason, it just didn't translate in the third movie, for me, at least.
0: Not at all. They completely lost that thread.
1: Yeah, completely. So, I, yeah, so that's kind of like my like my take and where I feel. But, but like, what about you?
0: Yeah, no. Just to build off your point, like those original Geeger drawings of the creature, like they got so even creepier and, and more sexualized than it already is. You know, mm-hmm. I think in one variation, like a full on like penis came out of the alien's mouth. Like it was very obvious what was going on and what the theme was and how it was supposed to you know how it was most was supposed to make audiences feel. Right
1: yeah yeah like you're you're supposed to feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah, you're supposed to feel like
0: this thing can violate you and then eat you like it's terrifying mm-hmm um it's 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 arguably the most terrifying creature ever put to screen
1: mm-hmm, and in the assembly cut, when it like busts out of the the ox or whatever it is and it just runs away, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute
0: yeah it, it's it, right. oh, it looks so bad when its when it's a guy in a suit, it looks terrific um but for whatever reason it's totally underutilized and they relied on um this weird like stop motion there is one digital shot in the film at the end when the alien's like head is cracking open um yeah but yeah man the way they imposed you can see the green mm. shading on everything it's so bad it's so so bad
1: i had i have a theory about that this is another side note yeah um but i noticed that we get a lot of these sweet movies that take place in, like, the early 80s, right, where special effects weren't, um, like, a, like they weren't good at that point. So you get right. a lot of, like, uh, puppets or guys in suits and a lot of, like, real, real costume types, right? Mm-hmm. And then towards the 90s, when special effects started getting bigger, you start to see people using that rather than going to the original. And at the time you have to think that like, that was like the, the biggest thing is using uh computer generated like effects and stuff. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. And so, so that like, that's why I feel like you see a lot of these movies um, go towards that way where all of a sudden, rather than it being like an upgrade in effects, it actually downgrades the movies because at the time, they're thinking, oh, like like computer effects, like, yeah, that's going to look way better than anything we could make. But what they didn't actually know is like the, like the puppets, the people in the suits and stuff are always going to be better than the computer effects.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's my, th- <laughs> That's my theory on it anyways. Especially with creature features. And the thing <laughs> about the alien is it's not just the the suit. It's the way you got to light it, how much you show of it. I mean, yeah. in the original in 1979 Alien, you barely see the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that was so cool about the original Alien is that the actors didn't even know what the thing looked like. So when, yeah. when they were filming that scene in the vents, like when they see the alien for the first time... You get you the reaction you're seeing on film is them reacting to the way this thing finally looks, and it's just like it's so genuine and so awesome, you know. Like you can't just show a wide angle shot of this alien scampering away. Like what are you thinking? Um, hmm. I, I I it's weird though. Like remember when we were in the last episode we were talking about Predator? How everybody knows what Predator looks like, so just get it out of the way. Um, yeah. But I don't think you can treat. The alien the same way as they did in this movie.
1: No. But, you know, another good point is that in the Covenant and Prometheus movie, um, they have the aliens in it and you see the aliens and they did do like a slight change to them. Mm -hmm. But they're still terrifying.
0: Yeah. They still feel super dangerous
1: um yeah the
0: cgi in covenant is quite good though but you still you can't replace a guy in a suit i just don't know what it is there's something about the weight and like your eye just knows you know if it's digital or not mm-hmm. and i just i don't know man like uh cartoon characters chasing people around is just never gonna work for me <laughs> yeah i just no, i i, I just, agree with that i don't find it scary so yeah i mean a couple things aaron um one of the things is, I, you, I know you can't use symbolism to defend a movie. It's just, you get criticized for that kind of thing. But like, a mm-hmm. lot of the religious symbolism in this film really, really lands. Um, you have these guys that kind of tried to like hide from their sin, like escape it by staying isolated and to think, okay, so, you know, we're, we're, we're redeemed. We're all this stuff, you know, so long as we stay away from temptation, and then you mm-hmm. have Ripley come smashing in as both like the the temptress and the redeemer. Like it's not like she's mm-hmm. per se tempting them, but there's the one scene where those guys like assault her and try to sexually assault her where you realize that like all the isolation these guys have done hasn't removed the true character, like the true person within. Like the first chance they got, they did that to her. They tried to get after mm-hmm. her. And then the judgment comes in the form of this alien and it just wipes him out. Um, And that, that, that it's not a way of like, I'm not saying, wow, this is a great film because they did this because it is sloppy. Like they, it's, it's hard to say whether the beast is supposed to be like the alien beast of revelation or whether Ripley is supposed to be Christ or whether like it's, it's very muddled, but like, I do like the idea of religion bumping up against this unstoppable force. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Where even though these guys were like these backwater, what do they call it, a backwater prison world or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it's, not sure. It's like they were hiding from God's judgment, and then God's judgment just crash-landed through their roof. And I just think that's yeah. so cool. <laughs>
1: that's just a statement of principle, nothing personal. You see,
2: we,
0: we've got a good place to wait here. And until now, no temptation. So yeah, even though even though it's sloppy, that that really lands for me. I think that's super interesting. It's very gothic and spooky. There's there's a lot of choir work. Um, I, the music was done by uh, Elliot Goldenthal, who's the same guy. You, you can recognize some of his like. Uh, his horn swells and stuff from like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin,
1: which will probably be a future episode <laughs> at some point in time. Would um, you say recognize it by his horn swells? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll Sorry, pl- I have no Yeah, okay.
0: I'll drop in an audio clip to explain what I mean, but I don't know how else to say okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize how dumb that sounded to you
1: <laughs> hey you're the guy with just the- like yeah i was like oh <laughs> the horn swells hey <laughs> i don't even know what a horn swell is but that's just me someone some probably like musical persons out there it's like i get it
0: you'll you'll hear it i'll drop in a comparison clip here <laughs> yeah okay okay um I love how the Fox logo merges into the alien three music at the beginning to set the tone. Hmm. Yeah. That always gets me. That's probably my favorite part of this movie where it's just like, here we go. Welcome to the alien universe. Let's do it. Yeah. What else do I like Aaron? Um, I like how quick Clemens is on Ripley's side. Hmm. Um, he seems like a really kind of gracious, intelligent dude. And, I like how he's constantly giving her the benefit of the doubt and recognizing her like her trauma and what she's dealing with. Yeah. He doesn't try to really like like he he says he's not an idiot. Like he doesn't try to like mansplain anything or like put her in her place. Like he's really just like, look, why don't you tell me like what's going on? I've believed you this far. Come on. You know, like he's he's very like um I don't know how to explain it. I just really like his character and I really like his portrayal. Um mm-hmm. I really would have liked to have seen him get through this movie alive. I I think it's like um annoying that he dies the way he does when you mm-hmm. just get to start liking him.
1: <laughs> well, that's the old like sympathy trope that they try to play along with. Yeah. Dan, if you like that uh character so much, you should uh give Game of Thrones a chance.
0: Oh, he's, in he's it, yeah. In it.
1: He's ty- yeah. Uh Tywin
0: Lannister. Well, this is what I'm saying, so. like the, the the acting firepower in this movie is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like there's such If you good like them in
1: this movie, you're going to like them in Game of Thrones. Yeah, hey. Isn't there a couple Game <laughs> no. of Thrones
0: actors in this?
1: Uh, I think so. I I am I'm not too sure though. I was just yeah. Man, uh Sigourney Weaver is definitely in Game of Thrones, so Wait a second. Really? No, no you're just trying to
0: get me to watch it. Yeah, I just try to get you to watch it. <laughs> Next thing you're gonna do watch it. Telling me the xenomorphs in it. Wow, well, I mean I like that they took this this uh the xenomorph in a couple new directions. I thought it was cool to see the xenomorph mm-hmm. come out of something that wasn't a human. Um Yeah. That that's the kind of lore building I like where we don't have to go to the xenomorph planet like, you know, Prometheus it and explain it and take the mystery out of it. But like showing a different permutation of it is always kind of interesting. It's like it's like mm-hmm. uh, how they had the t one thousand instead of just the t eight hundred, you know? like where it's a terminator, but it's a different kind of terminator. And then same with yeah. this where it's like we've seen we've seen queen aliens. we've seen like warrior aliens, the soldier aliens, whatever they're called. Um, we've seen like the big tall, whatever alien stalker, all these different ones. But in this one, we get an alien on all fours. and i I was I remember, like, when you're younger, these effects look a little bit better, I think, to your eye. And, like, I remember thinking an alien in all fours was a super cool idea.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's also a good way of changing up your movies a little bit, too, is totally. that you, ha- you, you have the ability to change what the aliens look like, depending on uh, where they come out of.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, is it, it opens the door for, like, anything. What is, you know, mm-hmm. can, can, can butterflies become aliens? I don't know, like, where do we stop, you know? And it further yeah. builds the... I remember that my biggest takeaway from watching this film, um, the first probably couple times I ever watched it was, okay, so what is the true form of the alien? Like if this is what an alien looks like when it comes out of a human, if this is what it looks like when it comes out of a dog, what does an alien like baseline form, a xenomorph actually look like? And I thought that was a super interesting question too. Mm hmm. But this this movie is solely responsible for opening that door of thought, though, which was I, I think is underrated in terms of like what this movie brought to the table. Yeah. Again, like I love how I also love the world building. Like I, I don't like this movie is so ugly, in my opinion, and really like it's 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 like uncomfortable to watch in a weird way. Um, mm mm-hmm. But it looks so established and so broken in like when. Like, like I, it just has such a distinct flavor to it. Like, it might not be your favorite flavor, but you know it every time you taste it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And, I don't know, I, I really credit David Fincher, um, you know, for a movie that was so meddled with and has such an epic, epic backstory to how it got to where it is. Somehow, even though he hates it, I feel like David Fincher somehow pulled this movie into the station. Like there's, there's lore Mm -hmm. building, there's symbolism. The score is really cool and, and probably a little underrated in terms of the overall franchise. Um, I think Ripley's character arc and some, uh, her lines are really like just terrific. She finally gets the closure she wanted from like the very first film. You know, it's dark, Mm -hmm. it's tragic. It's, it's gothic acting's on point. There's as much as I like, you know, as much as I can criticize this movie it's there's a lot to like here I feel
1: yeah oh yeah, like I said the problem is is that it exists in the alien universe mm-hmm. we we should we should do a uh indefensive of cut of this movie and uh we'll like cut out the alien and put someone else in there <laughs> uh, or something else, and then the movie will make a lot more sense just a
0: guy like a serial killer <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Just
0: make it a slasher movie. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I like about this is it's a very, like, uh, human story. It it almost feels <laughs> more like a Predator film where you have, like, a bunch of guys with just, you know, getting with with inferior firepower just slowly getting picked off one by one. And yeah. the way they finally do get after it is by just using their wits and their cunning to, like, lure it and stuff mm mm-hmm. it's kinda it's kinda similar, and maybe it's just kind of a rip off but it is kind of similar to like the you know how Arnold lures the predator into traps, you know mhm like come on, kill me, kill me, that's very similar <laughs> to what Ripley does, you know,
1: yeah. But you know, like, what else could they do? Especially when you say she made a demand that there is no guns in this movie. So yeah. they have you have to think a little bit outside of the box. And with that being considered, I think they did a really good job of coming up with an idea of how to kill this alien. And I'm
0: see, I'm really, I, I'm on the. I'll never know, but I, I just, I'm wondering so much if, like, uh, Sigourney Weaver said that as an earnest statement of um, ethics and principles that she believes in, um, or whether she literally just like didn't think they should do one to the point where she was like, let me make it sound impossible for you to make this so that I don't Mm -hmm. have to be involved.
1: Yeah. And you know what? This could also contribute to why um, it didn't end up taking place on Earth because if she says no guns, it's and you have a movie taking on place, it's just place on Earth. It's just not believable that there would be no guns, right? But throw them in this planet where it, like all these prisoners are in exile, like of course they're not going to have guns.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true, man. Yeah. Honestly, like Fox blew it big time with this film. They absolutely blew it, and. Mm-hmm. The expectations for this film were sky high. Aliens was a smash hit. Um James Cameron originally thought that um uh Ridley Scott should do the third one and that he would do the fourth one. They would just kind of swap them back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and we never got that. um it's 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 interesting, man. one of the one of the permutations of the early draft of the script was to explore the alien home planet. Fox decided mm-hmm. no one wanted to see that, and then Prometheus kind of proved them otherwise because that did really well despite how people might feel like about it. Yeah, um, they crapped the bed so hard. There, except for there was one Aaron. There was one iteration of this script where the aliens did come to Earth, and at one point in time. During the climax of the film All the aliens would join together To create one like mega alien <laughs> I, I can't even believe that But it's literally was a consideration At one point in time And then I guess the, the higher ups at Fox Were so furious at the idea That they fired the writer immediately
1: Yeah Well you know I always think that An idea can be ridiculous Like super ridiculous But it always depends on how the writing is around it You know, like, does it make sense? Is it plausible? Like, you know, uh, like, are all these things taken into account when writing it? And if it does end up making sense, then, like, uh, by all means, make the movie. Make a giant alien that, like, kills people. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that's frustrating every Aliens fan, um, Mm -hmm. not to, like, speak for everybody, but for myself, it's like, okay, Alien 3 wasn't really what anybody wanted, um, Mm -hmm. but every like fan fiction and alternative alien 3 possibility that's come along still hasn't like dethroned like properly dethroned this film as being like substantially better and i yeah. feel like all us aliens fans are like waiting for that to happen in a weird way but like no one's mm-hmm. bringing it to the table like this william gibson screenplay it hasn't been like especially well reviewed like there was so much hype surrounding it
1: Mm -hmm. And then
0: finally listening to it, I was really surprised by how lackluster it felt. Um, Yeah. And I just, I just, I just don't get it. Like Neil Bloomkamp was, was, you know, painting this, this revelation of a picture about what his movie would be like. And he showed Mm -hmm. Hicks with like the acid burnt face and Ripley, you know, it, it, it was all very exciting, but at the same time, it just never came to fruition. So it begs the question, like, are we going to get a Terminator Dark Fate version of Alien 3 down the road? Or yeah, should we all just know.
1: accept that Alien 3 is canon? Yeah. I wonder.
0: What do you think, man?
1: Well, you know, it, it, like, the thing that sucks about it is it's going to be... It's going to come down to, like, when a studio wants to make money. And yeah. then they're going to do whatever they want, right? Like, they're, they're going to be like, okay, like, let's just rewrite Alien 3. And then... Cause as sad as it is, is that seems to be the trend, uh, nowadays is that when, you know, like something's not making money, it's a soft reboot. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing's, nothing's original anymore. Every idea has already been done. And so they're just rehashing old ideas.
0: Rehashing and rehashing.
1: Yeah. Like when's when we haven't even had like a um like a space thriller like sci-fi horror movie. Like when was the last what was the last one that came out? Maybe Life
0: or something like that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was kinda lame. Yeah, and it, it kinda makes me sad because like this is this is definitely like of the horror genre, like the space sci fi horror genre is probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, I think so. It, it's it's yeah, like I said, Aliens is in my top ten, probably forever. Movies. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's it's like if you're if I'm looking at this like meta wise, and uh, you know I I know about all the studio interference. I just get mad at this film, and I hate that it exists because I'm like this entire thing was cobbled together to make money, and it's actually not very good. But if I'm looking at it on a cinematic level, if I ignore all that and just put the blinders on and be like, okay, here are the movies that I have. Nothing else matters because this is what got committed to celluloid. There's nothing else that I can do about this. Um, Mm -hmm. Then as like a closer to a trilogy, I'm okay with it. Like I've found an acceptance in it, you know, in a weird way. Like I can see, specifically from Ripley's character point of view, not from the filmmaking standpoint. But, from what Ripley's journey was, <laughs> so it's it's an interesting I, I encourage you listeners, you know, like you could spend two or three hours literally just talking about the backstory of the production of this film. Um, so I encourage you guys, you know, there there's plenty of documentaries about the making of it, like official ones by Fox that are super open and super brutally honest about this film. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to know more about Alien Three, I encourage you to check those out because it's just—it's uh, such a rabbit hole. Um,
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, honestly, like it's not like you can convince someone to love this film. It's not an easy film to love, but I think it is an easy film to enjoy um, if you focus on the right elements.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Dan. Yes. So, would you agree with the forty? What was it? Forty-three, forty-seven percent rating on it, or would you give it higher?
0: This is, this, honestly, this might be a first, but I kind of agree with where it is right now Mm, just because of where it came from. Yeah. I want, I don't want like uh, studios to get away with doing this to such a nice franchise. (laughs) So yeah, 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 I agree with it, man. How about you?
1: I think I would give it a little bit higher, but not like just for neutral sakes, I guess. So, I would probably give it in that like low fifties, maybe like 51, 52%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like if it's not an alien film, I would give it maybe 60%. But if it is yeah. an alien film that was rushed because Fox was greedy and, and ruined a bunch of people's careers over it, then yeah, 40 is where it should stay. I, yeah. I, you know, like it's like, it's, it's, there's two camps to look at this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, like we always say, rating movies is subjective. Yeah, like the more I learned
0: about this film, the more frustrated I became with it. Um, But the less (laughs) I knew about it, the more I liked it, which is probably probably the best way to experience Alien 3. The less you know about it, the more you can enjoy it.
1: Yeah, very true. It's kind of sad that that's the case. But I mean, how many movies are out there that that's the case? Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's so true, right? It's so true. Yeah. This is a tough one to dig in. It'll it'll pretty much break your yeah. heart as to what happened to everybody. God,
1: and it is boring. Let me tell you that. <laughs> for at least for me, it was just like cuz it's a drama, right? And yeah. they're just like chatting about stuff that I like could care less about and I'm just sitting here being like get yeah. wrecked by an alien already. And, and all the audio and... is
0: mastered like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly like that. Oh man, too funny. I have never uh,
0: rode the volume knob so much as when I watched this film, just up and down, mm-hmm. scene to scene, trying to hear stuff, trying to not hear stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a
1: hot mess. The audio was. Yeah, um, I give this movie uh, five face huggers out of two face huggers. <laughs>
0: I give this movie three interchangeable bald prison inmates out of a possible five interchangeable bald prison inmates. (laughs) Nice. Also, Aaron, why is Ripley a lieutenant in this film? Did you ever, did you catch that? That that bugs me. Um, Oh, is she? No, I didn't catch that. I thought in the first one, like, she was a warrant officer, but I also thought she was, like, an engineer, and now she's (laughs) a lieutenant, and now I'm like... Guys, I don't know what Ripley is anymore. I, I, I she they lost me. I was thinking, what, <laughs> did Hicks deputize her in the in the aliens when she was in the Colonial Marines? Did they I was trying to follow her rank progression in this world. It doesn't really matter, but they do call her a lieutenant very specifically, and that confused the heck out of me.
1: Mm. They probably didn't even know what they were doing whenever they like gave her a rank. Oh, it's sad but true.
0: It's sad but true.
1: <laughs> Who knows?
0: Well, Aaron, I think that's I think that's about it, hey? Yeah. That's Alien 3. Um again, like I just I just remember watching this man one day because I remember you and I we we chewed through the quadrilogy together uh, some years ago. Yeah. And I just remember when we sat through this, I just thought, "You know, this isn't as bad as I remember. Like this is actually like there's some cool <laughs> stuff here to think about."
1: Yeah. I I usually like rage quit when the third movie comes around. <laughs> A lot of people you know? do. Yeah, a lot
0: of people do. They really, really do. And I think that's, honestly, that's part of defending films is when you when you get into the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Man, it can, be a, it can be a wild ride.
1: Yeah, I remember I was with a group of friends and we were sitting down to watch the trilogy. And uh, my one friend came out to it and then he found out that we were watching the third one and he just, like, came in and just left. Because <laughs> he was, like, that against watching it.
2: What the, what the hell are you? No!
0: No! No! Thanks so much for listening. Um obviously, mm-hmm. again like we said, our goal wasn't to change your mind on Alien 3, but yeah. to just give you more to appreciate about Alien 3 cuz holy cow, mm. it is it's mm-hmm. not that it's beyond defense, it's that it's the production is so mired in studio interference that defending it is almost a disservice to the franchise itself if that makes sense. Mhm.
1: Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we shed some new light on it And uh, a little bit of a different perspective In which to view this movie with Yeah,
0: and for goodness sakes If you haven't watched the assembly cut Watch the assembly mm-hmm. cut It's longer, yeah. but there's more And it's it's I think it's better than the theatrical By by a lot mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more character development uh, They cleaned up some ADR work um, And yeah, I think it's just a better watch It's a more well-rounded film Mm-hmm Okay, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, Again, I hope you're staying safe. Social isolation continues to be very important. Just watch Alien 3 if you want to know the importance of social isolation. Um, Mm -hmm. And everyone stay safe, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.
1: Watch me. I'll do the fingering.